0: What's up everyone? Good morning and once again welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to like and share these online worship experiences with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. We have people that tune in from all over the place. Also for those of you that continue to worship with us online through giving and generosity, maybe by meeting our new $10 challenge, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. You allow us to help more people, love more people, feed more people, serve more people, shelter more people, and show our community the hands and feet of Jesus. Jesus. Today we continue with our current series and this series is really all about this. Whenever I have serious doubts about my heart, whenever I have serious doubts about God, about my relationship with Jesus or about how real Jesus is, how do I deal with them? I remember when I was in my 20s, I was going through a very difficult time in my mind and a very difficult time in my emotions. I was really struggling in life and I felt very weak spiritually And I remember one night I was praying and I said, God, I need you to speak to me. It seems like I haven't felt you in such a long time. Please speak to me. In fact, I even prayed this specifically. I said, God, when you want to speak to me tonight, just wake me up out of a dead sleep. Wake me up out of a dead sleep in the middle of the night. I'm just going to flip open my Bible and please just speak to me. And I remember that night after I fell asleep, about two o'clock in the morning, I woke up and I kept hearing this in my mind The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your shepherd. And then I flipped up into my Bible where the missionary Paul told the Corinthian church that even though he's weak, God's strength is made perfect through his weakness. And when we're weak and we trust in God, then people see his strength in us because they know that we're trusting in God in the midst of our weaknesses. And I felt like God spoke to me and said, Tony, even though you feel weak... I'm going to be strong for you. Just hold on to me and trust me. Now, the reason why I tell you that story is because that was a very real experience to me, a very real experience with God. And no one can convince me that I didn't experience that with God. And I've had several experiences in my life where I felt like I had real experiences with the real God of heaven. And I was fully convinced that I was experiencing God. But sometimes we have doubts about God. Sometimes we have doubts about our own faith and our own sincerity. And when we have doubts, how do we deal with them? that's what this series is about but in reality this series is really about a story and like I told you last week this story is amazing and it's filled with love and hope and grace and mercy and life change. The only thing that you and I ever really need to decide is this, do we believe this story and what does this story of Jesus move us to do in our life? What actions does it lead us to take? And there's all sorts of other stories out there that we tell as humans to give our life meaning. There's all sorts of other stories out there that we tell as humans to give us a reason to wake up and live and to give our life purpose. We talked about some of those stories last week, but here's the deal. None of those stories, none of those stories are right. And what if none of those stories are true? And what if none of those stories actually help you experience the real love of God in this series? This is what I want us to do. I want us to take a shot at a better story and a new story about Jesus Christ. And so let's go back to the story. In the beginning, At the beginning of the story, God created... The heavens and the earth. Last week, we made this point about your story and God's story coming together, and we pointed this out. The next time you're tempted to doubt God, the next time you're tempted to doubt the reality of God and your relationship with Jesus Christ, always remember this about the story of Jesus that God created you, God loves you, Jesus is for you, God doesn't make mistakes, and so your life means something. And when your story collides with God's story, that's when healing begins. When your story collides, with God's story that's when your heart can heal that's when your mind can heal that's when your soul can heal and speaking of creation honestly it's really hard to believe that all of this was a mistake it's really hard to believe that the universe was just some random blip in history and we're here by some random chance or some mistake God's story this story can be really amazing if we look deep enough because our universe that God created is massive our universe holds a hundred billion galaxies. We live in one galaxy. That's the Milky Way. But our universe is filled with a hundred billion galaxies. And each galaxy is estimated to have a hundred billion suns. And each sun in all the galaxies in the universe are estimated to have over a hundred billion stars. And just our galaxy alone has a hundred million black holes, which is why sometimes we kind kind of feel maybe slightly depressed every now and then. But when you look deeper, the universe, God's creation is mind-blowing. There's a galaxy um, in our universe that's racing through our universe called the Andromeda Galaxy that's racing through our universe at the speed of over 200,000 miles an hour. And then stars. Stars in our universe do some crazy and strange things. For instance, there's neutron stars that weigh several hundred million tons. There's stars in our universe called neutron stars that weigh several hundred million tons and they can fit inside of a spoon. These stars in our universe that can fit inside of a spoon weigh several hundred million tons. Hydrogen on earth must convert 0.007 of itself of its mass to helium to sustain life on planet earth. 0.008 no life on planet Earth. 0.006, no life on planet Earth. Our atmosphere is 21% oxygen. 19% oxygen, no life on planet Earth. 23% oxygen, no life on planet Earth. Our oceans are 3.4% salt which is the exact same percentage of salt in the human bloodstream, which is amazing. But 4% salt in our ocean or our bloodstream, no life on planet Earth. 2% salt in the ocean or our bloodstream, no life on planet Earth. And all of this is called the science of fine-tuning. It's like the universe was set on these dials And each dial was set at the perfect setting to make sure that we have life on planet Earth. And if even just one of these dials are off, then it throws all the other dials are off and all these dials, the science of fine tuning in our universe has been set completely perfect for you and I to have life on planet Earth. Something or someone has adjusted these dials. It didn't happen by mistake or random chance. Notice this today, Genesis chapter one, verse one. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, it was God who set these dials. In the beginning, God set this in motion. In the beginning, it was God who laid the foundation of the universe. And and if one of these dials are off, it throws everything else off. But not only that, God created you and understand that you are amazing and you are fascinating. We have over a million nerve fibers that allow us to see and several hundred billion brain cells. We have hundreds and hundreds of millions of cells in our body that make you you. And understand this, in each cell, there's a strand of six foot of DNA there's this code in each cell each cell in your body and we have hundreds and hundreds of millions of cells in our body and in each cell there's a strand of six foot DNA If you took all the DNA strands out of all of your cells and put them end to end, and by the way, your DNA makes you you. It makes you unique. It makes you who you are. Your DNA is a map, and it tells your cells to reproduce. It tells your white blood cells and your red blood cells to make more of you and not someone else. And if you took all the DNA strands in your body and you put them end to end, it would stretch for 80 years billion miles it would go from the earth to the sun and back again four times just with your strands of DNA if we took all of your DNA strands out of your cells and put them end to end it would go back and forth to the sun four times that makes you you if you put an orange next to the earth that's the same size as an atom is next to an orange And all of these come together to make you, you. There's so many atoms in one drop of water that if we tried to count all the atoms in in one drop of water, it would take every human on earth counting together for the next 20,000 years. For us just to count how many atoms there are in one drop of water, God's creation is amazing. Now imagine something with me. Let's say that the beginning of the universe until now is just a 24-hour day period. Let's just say that's how history looks. From the beginning of creation until today has been a 24-hour day period. Humans would have shown up at 11:59.59 p.m. The very last minute the very last second in history we have not been here very long but when we do finally show up humans get busy right away you got to understand that as god's creation we are amazing we just got here we show up really late in the game and we get really busy we invent fire we invent tools we invent languages we invent clothes we invent sushi we invent tv we invent teflon toasters toyotas and taylor swift God's creation is amazing, and again, you are amazing, and this is what God says about you. Notice how the writer of Hebrew puts it in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22. Let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him, for our guilty conscience have been sprinkled with the blood of Christ to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. It's been an unchanging belief since the beginning of the New Testament church that you and I can have a real experience with the the real presence of God. When we pray, we can experience God. When we worship, we can experience God. When we seek God, we can experience God. When we serve God, we can experience God. When we draw close to Him, He draws close to us. This is something that we believe that we can literally experience the real presence of God. Now, that phrase says that we do that by fully trusting in him which means we can fully trust in God and that phrase means this and notice this today if you're still with me say I'm still with you we can have strong assurance that God is with us when it says in, the, in this verse, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 22, that we can experience God by fully trusting in God, it means we can have a strong assurance that God is with us. Or in other words, our faith can get bigger and bigger and bigger, that God is moving in our life and God is working in our life and God is changing our life and God is going before us. But sometimes we have a hard time with that, don't we? Sometimes we have a hard time with fully trusting in God. And I can tell you things like this today to try to convince you. For instance. You, your body, your your life is made up of systems. Our limbic systems, our skeletal systems, our muscular systems, our immune systems, our circulatory systems, and these are all made up of cells. Billions, hundreds of millions of cells are dying in your body every single hour and then giving birth to new cells to replace those cells every single hour. Several billion times a day... Our body goes through this dying and rebirth process where your cells die and they get replaced with new cells. We're a pattern of constantly dying and resurrecting until we're about 70 or 80 years old. Now, our cells are made up of molecules and our molecules are made up of atoms and atoms are strange. There's more atoms in a glass of water than there are glasses of water in the ocean. Let me say that again. There's more atoms in one glass of water then there are glasses of water in all the oceans in the world. And this all makes you, you. This all makes you unique. Probably something that didn't happen by accident. Or I could tell you something like this. The, Paul's letter to the Corinthians is indisputable evidence that the resurrection of Jesus was accepted as fact immediately after it happened. The timeline is this. The Apostle Paul meets the resurrected Jesus shortly after the resurrection. A few years later, he plants churches. A few years later, he writes this to the Corinthian church. This is called the Apostles' Creed. Notice this today. Christ died for our sins and was buried. He rose from the dead and was seen. This creed was established within 70 years after the resurrection of Jesus. In one person's lifetime, Just a few years after it happened, eyewitnesses came out and said, this is what happened. And it was widely accepted as truth and as fact. Now, I could try to convince you with all these things that God is real and God is true. But the truth is this. If I can talk you into believing God, then someone else can come along and talk you out of it. If you want to believe in God, there's great reasons. If you want to believe in Jesus, there's great reasons you can find to believe in Jesus. And if you don't, there's reasons for that too. By the way, It's not cool or woke or hip to not believe in God. That's not cool. That's not trendy. But if you want to believe in God, here's what can help. We need a better story, and we need a different story, and we need a more beautiful way to see God. We need a more beautiful way to see Jesus. But again, if you're not sure if you believe, let me ask you this. Why? Why don't you want to believe in Jesus? Why wouldn't you want to believe in God? Could it have something to do with something else besides God? Could it have something to do with something else besides Jesus Christ? I find there's a lot of people in our world who really admire Jesus and they love Jesus, but they really can't stomach to church. So why have you decided to not follow God or not believe in Jesus? Could it be for another reason besides God? Could it be because of religion? Could it be because of how you were treated at church? Could it be because of uh, hypocrisy? Could it be of how other people have treated you and they say that they're Christians? and not really God? Now, we all have questions about God, but sometimes we've been given some really weak answers about God and some really lame answers about God, and that's why some people decide to not believe in God because when they had questions about God, someone else came along and gave them weak and lame answers. But notice this today. If you're still with me, so I'm still with you. Lame answers lead to a lame faith, just like weak answers lead to a weak faith. And so the question of who God is will always be extremely, extremely crucial and important. And what you think about when you think about God will always be extremely crucial and important. Now, what comes to your mind when you think about God? Who He is, how He is, his ways, his love, his anger, because, and notice this today, you're still with me, so I'm still with you. What you think about when you think about something determines how you feel about it. Let me say that again. What you think about when you think about something determines how you feel about it. So how do you feel about God? That's determined by what you think about God. So what do you think about God? Because what you think about God determines how you feel about God. So we have to make sure that we're thinking correctly about God and about who Jesus Christ is. Who is God to you? Many times we've been given these false pictures of God. Who is God to you? Is he kind of like this? Number one, is he the referee God? You know, referees are always throwing yellow flags, blowing their whistles. I saw what you did. I saw what you said. I saw what you thought. A referee in a sports game only speaks up when there's a foul, when something's wrong, when you step out of line or you go out of bounds. Is that God to you? The picture that many of us are given of God is he's like a referee God. That the main reason God speaks up is when you step out of line or you do something wrong or you have some sort of foul in your life. And so that creates this fear in us that God is always, always, always there to judge us and condemn us. If your God's the referee God, you need to think differently about Jesus because that's not the truth. Number two. What about the Siri or the Alexa God? You know, you can get that Alexa gadget, and it's so cool. You can ask it to do stuff. You can ask it questions, play this song, look up this recipe, and it does it. Whatever your command is, it'll answer it for you. Play this song, whatever. It'll do it. Tell me what this new TV show is. It'll look it up for you. And many times we think God is that way. God, here's my prayer request. Are you going to answer it? God, this is what I need. Are you going to give it to me? God, this is what's going on. Are you going to help me? And if something happens positive, then we give God the credit. But if it doesn't get answered the way we prayed, then what do we say? God just doesn't love me or I don't believe in this stuff anymore. Why? Because you were given this picture of God that he is at your every, every command. That anything you ask, he's just gonna do, he's just gonna jump. If you need help, pray to God. And if it doesn't happen, then either you prayed wrong or God's not real. Kill that version of God in your mind because that's not the true God. Or is God like this to you? Is he the grandpa God? Ancient, detached, he can't understand you, old fashioned. He can't relate to you. Listen, if you see God in this way, why would you want to have a relationship with him, especially if you feel like God's too outdated to relate to you anymore? I wanna tell you something. Jesus Christ is more relevant today in our lives than he's ever been because he is reality and that reality just gets more real and more real and more real as each day passes by. God is personal and God loves us and God is always working in our life. He's not some fog out there past Mars that you can't relate to. He's personal and you can experience him, the writer of Hebrews says, by fully trusting in him. Or is he the cloud God? mysterious, too far away, sitting on some cloud, distant, or is He the fairy tale God? Some people are still trying to figure out whether they need to put Jesus in the category of the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny, or is He real? Where well, I'm here to tell you now, Jesus Christ is not like the tooth fairy or the Easter bunny. He is real and we can really experience him. These are all things that we think about when we think about God. These are all the pictures that we get in our mind when we think about Jesus. But what story and thoughts and image should we have of God and how God loves us and how God relates to us? What story and image and thought should we have of Jesus and how Jesus moves in our life and how Jesus works in our our life and how Jesus transforms us and how Jesus picks us back up again. Notice this picture. Notice this better story of God and this is what we need to think about when we think about Jesus. This is what we need to think about when we think about God because if we think about Jesus in this way it's going to determine how we feel about Jesus and that's going to determine how well we experience Jesus. Notice this today Galatians chapter 4 verses 6 through 7 and because we are his children. God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts prompting us to call out Abba Father now you're no longer a slave but God's own child and since you're his child God has made you an heir we're his children not his slaves he is our daddy he is our father he is a good, good father this is the picture that we get of God he is a good, good, perfect parent he is a good, good perfect father and when we finally realize that God is with us like a loving father then we realize a few other things to be true and this is what it is and notice this today he loves us he is with us he is for us he loves us God is with us God is for us he's not our referee he's not our Siri God our Alexa God he's not a fairy tale God He's not a grandpa God. He's not an outdated God. He is better than all those stories. He is a good, perfect parent. He is a good, perfect, loving father. Question and notice this today. What can you do this week to change your thoughts and your thinking about God? If nothing comes to mind about that last question, just know that you can change how you currently experience God by changing the way you think about God. Let me say that again. You can change the way you currently experience God by changing the way you think about God. He loves us, he's with us, he is for us. Let that burn into your mind, burn into your thinking, burn into your soul, burn into your heart. How could that affect the way that you experience God or even believe? Try it this week and watch those doubts hit the back door. The next time you're struggling, remind yourself, he loves me, He's with me. He is for me. The next time you have questions, remind yourself, he loves me. He's with me. He is for me. The next time you're experiencing false guilt because you've been given this picture that your God's the referee God, remind yourself, He loves me. He's with me. He is for me. If the addictions come back to tempt you, remind yourself, He loves me. He's with me. He is for me. If the depression comes back to taunt you, remind yourself, He loves me. He is with me. He is for me. If there's fear there, if there's pain there, if there's heartache there, if there's uncertainty there, if there's anxiety there, there. Always remind yourself he loves me, he's with me he is for me. He's a good good father who's never going to let me go. If you're having trouble experiencing God right now in your life and feeling God and feeling Jesus and following Jesus and worshipping Jesus, tell yourself this over and over and over again he loves me, he is with me, he is for me. The next time I fall down he loves me he is with me, he is for me The next time I take five steps back, he loves me, he is with me, he is for me. The next time I'm struggling in my soul and I don't know what else to do, he loves me, he is with me, he is for me. Tell yourself that over and over again and watch those doubts. Hit the back door. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. We absolutely love you. Stay plugged in right now for an amazing time of worship for the amazing Water's Edge Band. We love you all. We cannot wait to see you back next week.